Hjertelig velkommen til et nytt program her på Israelkanalen. Denne gangen så skal vi ta dere med til Oslo Symposium, som også har et stort fokus på Israel. Og vi skal høre på talen til Israels ambassadør til Norge og Island, Alan Rott. Så følg med på dette. Anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism. Some would claim that they are not connected. Some would claim that they were never connected. Anti-Zionism, objection to the Jewish state. Anti-Semitism is anti-religion. Rabbi Zaks, the former late rabbi of the United Kingdom, said that in the Middle Ages, when Jews lived in religious communities, the Jews were hated because of their religion. In the 19th, 20th century, when Jews become more secular and they lived in ethnic communities, ethnic groups, they were hated and harassed because they were a race. Nowadays, Jews that are collectively living in a democratic free state and are being hated and harassed because of their Jewish nation state. So a different mutation to the same phenomenon. What is the overall argument that is linking these three phenomena? Jews have no right to exist collective, collectively as Jews with the same rights as other human beings. This is his summary, which I subscribe to. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very happy to see you here. I'm very happy to recognize many of you here. Permit me to share with you few ideas and thinking items that I've brought with me. I think that Rabbi Zak's words accurately and eloquently describe the phenomena that we all gathered here to discuss during this session. I wish I could have shown you a very short video clip from YouTube, only 90 seconds, that shows exactly what he says and proves it, and that shows why Israel, the only Jewish state, is the target of modern anti-Semites even if these anti-Semites usually refuse to admit or acknowledge that. My grandfather was not a rabbi, he was not an educated person. He was a laborer that ran his small printing press machine. 30 years ago, he approached me one day and asked me, what are you doing as a diplomat? Well, as a young Israeli, I explained to him in very good Hebrew, young Israeli Hebrew, you can imagine what it is. And this old man that was born in Eastern Europe, who survived persecutions in the beginning of the previous century, who survived the Holocaust in Europe, and who lived under communism before fleeing to Israel, this experienced grandmother, grandfather is telling me, good luck alone, but you are going to fail. 
I was enraged. Why would my grandfather tell me this? And he replied, because nobody has ever defeated anti-Semitism and nobody will do it. This was his answer. I will spare you the very long explanation I gave to him, uh, disagreeing with him, saying that uh, not everything can be uh, explained by anti-Semitism. We live in modern times, democracy, etc., etc. You can guess what I was telling him. But to make a long story short, today I'm standing with you after 35, 36 years of traveling around the world as an Israeli diplomat, and I know today that my grandfather was right and I was wrong. And anti-Semitism is here today with us. And as Rabbi Zaks is saying in his clip, in a very chilling resemblance to the international health that we are feeling today around us, anti-Semitism mutates like that virus that is haunting all of us. It has taken a different form and arguments, but in the end, it is still the same beast, the same dangerous beast. And if you see unexplainable hatred, and if you see this hatred always targeting the Jewish state or the Jewish people, and if it's coupled with hatred against Jewish communities all around the world, yes, Unfortunately, this is anti-Semitism. It is nothing else. Historical processes are very difficult to be seen or understood when you are inside them. In order to understand a historical process, you have to compare it to something else, you have to analyze it, and you have to be a bit far away from it in time. The problem with anti-Semitism is that we don't have this luxury. We don't have the time to wait in order to analyze and to understand whether this is really new anti-Semitism, yes and no. It is already haunting us, it is biting us. And the big question is, how do we measure this new anti-Semitism? How shall we measure the gravity or the trends? Do we do it by numbers, by numerical counting? simply counting the anti-Semitic incidents or by trying to produce trends in computers uh, based on these numbers. I think that if we check numbers of anti-Semitism incidents, we might fall into the trap of false negative. Why? Because we might be disillusioned by a lower number, a falling numbers, of anti-Semitic incidents and rejoice the fact that these numbers are low. For example, in certain geographic locations, maybe even in Norway, when the numbers are much lower than in other countries. And I'm asking, are those numbers really important? Can we find other criteria that will lead us better forward in order to understand whether we really face new anti-Semitism and hence build the solutions or the way forward, if, even if we can't find the solutions. I suggest that at least for the next 13 minutes, 
we will forget the numerical data, the number of incidents, whether they are high and low, and choose other criteria in order to evaluate. I'm not going to compete with other professional efforts to evaluate anti-Semitism and to create criteria. The most important and the most sophisticated and the most interesting one is, of course, the IRA Declaration, the International Holocaust, Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition. It's a brilliant thing. I will go in parallel. I will not repeat this. I will try to suggest a different way of analyzing this question based off many years of observations that I've had, especially serving in many European capitals, last but not least, Oslo. And I will try to compare some aspects of old and new antisemitism in order to see whether they are really matching or we speak about two different phenomena. And let me say in advance that I'm not doing this exercise just in order to dismiss criticism of Israel. Some people accuse us, especially us diplomats, Israel diplomats, that we call everything anti-Semitism because we are afraid of criticism. I remind you, and I'm sure that many of you have been to Israel, when you come to Israel, you see how Israelis are criticizing themselves. Norwegians cannot do this because we are unpolite, unlike you. So we do it in a very unpolite and real way. We do it in dinner tables, in the parliament, in the street, everywhere. So I'm not trying to diminish, I'm not trying to avoid criticism. This is not the effort that I'm doing here that many others are doing. Anti-Semitism anti is much beyond criticism. And let me suggest that if the state of Israel, the only Jewish state in the world, is systematically attacked by central figures in a society, mainstream figures, not small, extreme parts of the society, mainstream, in a hatred that is blind to facts or values, I call it anti-Semitism. If a school system is systematically teaching distorted facts about Israel to the younger generation and continues to do so despite the issue being brought to its attention, this is anti-Semitism. If physical manifestations, regardless of the level of violence, begin to appear in the society and within the vicinity of Jewish or Israeli places, then they are anti-Semitism on the rise. I'm not speaking just about violence, I'm speaking even about manifestations of possibly violence. If certain media is enabling a continuous demonization of Israel without any connection to facts, this is anti-Semitism. If Israel is blamed time and again in a clear double standard in such a way that strips it from its proven values, and morals, this is anti-Semitism. If organizations are calling for boycotts or following boycotts or divestments based on flawed reports of other international politically motivated organizations, then it is anti-Semitism. If the army of the Jewish state, Israel, 
is time and again being accused of presumably horrible doings that have no connection to reality and are far harmless than what armies of distinguished democracies have done in the last 15 years, this is anti-Semitism. And let me provide you with some examples. Israel is sometimes accused in the media of not being democratic or losing its democratic identity. In The Economist's annual democratic index, Israel is surrounded and sometimes exceeds above more than few enlightened Western democracies that are never accused in the media of losing their democratic identity. When Israel is fighting to defend itself against some of the most horrible terror organizations in the world, facts are distorted and the Jewish state, as I said before, is stripped of its values. This is anti-Semitism. When there is widespread hatred towards Israel among prominent religious and other leaders that call to boycott Israel but fail to do the same thing with horrific human rights offenders that are to be found around the whole world and you know the examples, this is anti-Semitism. When minorities in Israel are fully secured and free to live their lives as they wish, such religious minorities, and I remind you and remind ourselves that Christian minorities in Israel and the numbers are going up. Or in other side, LGBTs that live in peace in Israel, in sharp contrast to many neighboring countries and societies, and yet Israel is systematically accused of not allowing it to happen then I call it again anti-Semitism. When Israel is vilified in statements, caricatures, manifestations which are equated to Nazi Germany or Nazi practices, this is clear anti-Semitism. I could go on and on and add examples or be more precise on this or that, but I think that I'm talking to knowledgeable people and you know more examples than the ones I've put forward. Let me jump into the next idea that I want to introduce here. What is common between the old and the new anti-Semitic movements? And permit me to suggest that these are the three common practices that both kinds of anti-Semitism is using. One is facts distortion. Horribly facts distortion, why? Because then we accept anti-Semitism by the brain if facts are distorted. When values are distorted and when Israel is being stripped of its values, then the heart begins to believe that maybe the Jews and the Israelis are really wrong. And by going to the youth, then you are making sure that it will all continue in the future because we teach it to the youngsters. I think that Darwin would, agreed, would have agreed very well that this is the way to make a transition and to make a new mutation coming to the world. What is exactly being done with these three guidelines? I think that facts 
For example, when you see facts in the media, in some school materials, in non-governmental organizations' materials, whether international or national, facts that are totally flawed and are misused in order to create a false perception of what is happening. Publishing of facts that do not reflect the whole reality. Description of events that do not take into account prior events that have triggered them. For example, Israel has attacked without saying who attacked Israel beforehand and why did Israel retaliate. Timelines that are being changed and the aggressor becomes the one which is aggressed. This is time and again, time and again, coming to the issue or related to the issue of facts distortion. In rare case of reports and articles, an effort to enter facts or timelines that are being refused time and again. So when someone is trying to correct a fact, this correction is being refused time and again. This is creating false facts. This is, in a way, a brainwash. Portrayal of Israel as an apartheid state, which has nothing to do with facts in Israel, but is repeated time and again, time and again. Blaming Israel for killing civilians, etc., etc. Facts are distorted, timelines are changed, and the perception that is being left by the listener or the reader is very clear. It is anti-Israeli, it is biased, and it is a horrible fact distortion. But permit me to say that the issue of values is no less important. Maybe it's even more important. The fact that Israel is continuously stripped out of its values and is then described as a warmonger, as a country that does not want peace, as a country that is imperialistic, opposer, apartheid state. And when we do something good, it is whitewashing, it is pinkwashing, you are still killing civilians, etc., etc., etc. Nothing is connected to what is happening on the ground. Nothing is connected to the real values that exist in Israel. And the work that is being done with youngsters. Youngsters are the preferred crowd for facts distorters and the moral value contested in the Israeli story. As I said, by this, those people make sure that anti-Semitism will continue. Those people make sure that anti-Semitism, not just will continue, might mutate to a new degree, might mutate to something else. I don't have to tell you that some of the places that, at least in my age, are not visited anymore, TikTok and all these kind of things, horrible anti-Semitic stories, video clips, are continuously being shown and are extrapolating on a daily basis. And this creates in the young generation the false perception of Israel, of the Jewish state, and it makes sure that facts distortions and disconnecting Israel from the values that they know in their country is something that will continue in the past. 
and I will not overburden you, but when you take these three operational fields of anti-Semitism, facts, values, and youth, and you check, you see that in the old anti-Semitism, this was exactly the trend. This was exactly the things that came into very, very uh, severe, I would say, an unbelievably a, a, a blatant way in the Nazi description of the Jew as an insect. No moral values, no human values anymore are attached to the Jew. And of course, some would claim that all of this comes to Israel just because of the issues of, that are related to 1967, this horrible world occupation. Let me ask you, really? Let's assume, for the sake of the argument, that tomorrow the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is over. We have finished it. Do we really believe that anti-Semitism will evaporate? Do we really believe that new anti-Semitism will not mutate with new arguments? It's only a guess, of course. But I think that we have a very enlightened guess if we say that no, it will continue, unfortunately, as my grandfather has said. So let me conclude. Anti-Zionism is modern anti-Semitism. And unfortunately, this creature is using the same methods that were used for so many years, some would say thousands of years. I'm not here in order to dictate or to teach. I'm not here in order to tell Norway what to do or what not to do. I'm a guest in Norway being a diplomat. But I do think that there are things that can be done. There are many things that can be done and should be done in order to lower the rate of anti-Semitism, in order to make sure that those who are doing this kind of anti-Semitism and many more examples are understanding that there is a price to pay, that the society is not ready to accept it. And I do think, I do think that this is the time to go forward because these are the last years in which we can still make a change. If we will wait, this monster will begin to eat us all. And what begins as anti-Semitism against Jews never stops by anti-Semitism against Jews. And what begins as anti-Semitism, new anti-Semitism against the state of Israel, will not stop there as well. We saw how when the Jewish people is stripped out of its values in the eyes of the others, many other people are going, unfortunately, down the drain. So I do think that there are many levels in which the work can be done. I do think that there is an excellent work, as I said, that is being done by IRA, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. I do think that it's not just for governments, it's for schools, it's for sport teams, it's for municipalities, it's for NGOs, it's for social organizations to say even if we have criticism of Israel, 
We are against anti-Semitism, so we will embed the IRA declaration and definition of anti-Semitism into our work. And I do hope that this will not just influence the society as a whole, but it will influence, as I said, the vital parts of the society, like the youth. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to address you today. I wish we, had, we were in other times in which this tiny virus would have allowed us to meet even more, to speak even more, to ask questions and to answer, answer answers even more. But I'm very thankful for you for coming here today, for taking the words that are going to be mentioned in this seminar, in this meeting, all around, into trying to make a change, at least in this issue, in spite of what my grandfather told me, that this cannot be rectified. Thank you very much. God bless you. Ja, det var det vi hade för denna gången. Tusen tack för du har följt oss genom detta programmet. Och stå gärna upp för Israel. Snack positivt om Israel. Pek på allt det som Israel gör som är er av det goda. Så vill vi stå samman i denna kampen för att Israel som är er Guds ögonsten skal være til en velsignelse for hele verden. Tusen takk for denne gang, og på gjensyn igjen neste uke. Takk for navnet.